Well, let's get into the word. We are in the book of Philippians, and we are looking at um, uh, how we can begin to grow in our joy uh, no matter what's going on around us. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to be people of joy. We want to be people uh, that reflect um, uh, the joy and the hope and the love of God. And um, uh, we should not be people that are just barely getting by or, or just barely holding on. But yet God wants us to have joy in our heart um, and let that motivate us and, and let it energize us. I, I think even in these times where it seems it's so easy uh, to be worn down, but I want you to know that you can be energized as you begin to set your heart and your mind on these principles uh, that we've been looking at in Philippians. Because Paul, uh, he did it and he was chained in prison and he still rejoiced in God and, and um, was able uh, to have such a great view uh, of his life and what was going on around him. And so we want to be that same type because that's the type of people we can be to make a difference in this world. And that's what we want to do. We want to be the people that make a difference. So let's um, uh, look at our uh, text and we're going to pick it up in Philippians chapter 1. And I'm just going to start in verse 1. And we are going to read all the way down uh, to verse 18 today. And uh, then we will look at the principle that uh, uh, Paul uh, shows us such rich and deep things. Uh, so Philippians 1, verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you all are partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, uh, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord because of my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some, indeed, preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. And the former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincere, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. But what does it matter? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. 
So today we are going to be looking at this, this great proclamation that Paul says um, in uh, uh, verse 18. He says these two words. He says, what then? Uh, now in ESV it says, what then? If you look in other translations, it basically says, what does it matter? So Paul is saying, with all of this that's going on, what does it matter? In other words, he's saying, it doesn't matter to me. I am still going to rejoice because the name of Jesus is being lifted up and is being proclaimed. Now, when we think about this, he says um, that there are people that are preaching the gospel out of rivalry, out of false pretenses, um, out of selfishness, out of envy, uh, out of a desire to gain uh, for themselves. And yet Paul says, what does it matter? Now, how can we say that? Because we have the same thing in our life today. Uh, how many of us, we have seen people that use the name of the Lord just to make money? We see that all the time, right? We we, we see this and, and they're just, and how, you know, our heart just becomes angry at that. You know, how dare they, they use the name of the Lord and, and preach it just to make money. Uh, in the same way, we see that people uh, use uh, the name of the Lord or the, the, the Bible uh, to gain power. Um, we see them uh, to, to gain their own little followers and, and uh, they revel in that control. And again, we respond like, man, I, I want to do something about that. That's not right. Um, uh, many times we see people that, that speak the name of Jesus and uh, talk real big to get people to look at them, but we know that they're not really living it because we see them at other times and they are not living that life. And, and you know what? It frustrates us because you're just giving the Lord a bad name because people know you are hypocrites. In fact, there's people that don't want to come to church because they use that excuse because of all the other hypocrites. And so all of these things um, stir us up and we become angry, we become frustrated. And, and um, uh, Paul says, it doesn't bother me. How can Paul say that? I mean, it's like, isn't he the one that wants to stand for God and to defend God? And yet he can say, that does not uh, become my focus. He says, what does it matter? I rejoice in the midst of it. He says he rejoices in the midst of it. So we're going to look at this today because um, there are two, two things uh, that I think this speaks to. Uh, first of all, directly uh, to those in the church. Um, not only do we have those that are preaching uh, God out of wrong motives that we just spoke about, and we see those wrong motives, but also we have people that are preaching uh, things that are maybe different from us. Um, and we know that there are uh, so many different um, uh, uh, denominations, and sometimes we ask, you know, we should... Why should there even be different denominations? We should all just be one church. And, and uh, so many times we have differences that, you know, uh, bother us. And, and we, we are constantly trying to uh, defend our way of, of following Jesus. 
Because this is how we need to follow Jesus and you need to follow it this way. And Paul is saying we need to be very careful that we don't fall in to this thing that steals our joy within the body of Christ. And it's this idea of rivalries. Um, he says that, uh, uh, you know, some speak the truth out of love, and, and that's great. We don't have a problem with those people, but it's, it's the others that don't do things our way. Um, uh, and uh, we want to set them straight. But all that does is it creates tension within us. It creates things that steal our joy and get us sidelined from what we're really called to do. In fact, even Jesus dealt with this within the disciples. Uh, there was a point in time where the disciples came to Jesus and, and they said, there's these people over here that they are preaching your message and they're even uh, you know, uh, coming against demons and, and healing people but they're not part of us. Uh, we need to go and set them straight. And Jesus had to tell them, said, no, the kingdom of God is one. As long as the kingdom of God is moving forward, even though they may not be part of our little group, um, even though they may do things a little bit different than us, we need to rejoice. Um, we need to be careful that we do not let minor differences become things that become rivalries, that become things that uh, become such a focus that we spend more time trying to win the argument of who's right that we don't spend the time just simply reflecting God to those around us and trusting God that God is going to work through all of these people even when they are working with wrong motives, um, with uh, uh, different ambitions, and maybe even some different views from us. And, and so I, I think Paul is telling us we need to begin to let those rivalries go. If we are to be the people that experience the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is what draws other people to him, We've got to stop being people uh, that are so focused on winning the battle of who's right. You know, there's a uh, principle that is at work in, in our culture, and, and it's always been the case, um, but it's the one-up thought. Uh, and we all do it. We always want to be one-up. And, and this is something that is detrimental to the kingdom of God. Um, we always want to be one up. We want to prove that we're right. And here's the thing. When we are dealing with the kingdom of God, we don't always have to be right. In, in fact, you need to understand this, and we're going to get to this in a little bit. You're not always right. Even as Christians, you're not always right. Because there are a lot of things um, that we get stuck on that are minor issues. Um, that have not been totally settled. Now, we may feel that this is how it needs to be done, but there is no one way. The only thing that is one way is that Jesus incarnated, died for us, rose again, and is the only way to heaven. That's the only undisputable, that is the only way. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, that we never compromised. 
we do not compromise that Jesus himself is God and man, died for our sins, rose again, and he is the only way uh, to reconciliation with God. But outside of that, we are not always right. And so we need to stop this idea of being one up, even um, with non-Christians. And so that's the other thing. Within the body, there are rivalries, but also we get caught up in rivalries outside of the body. And Jesus does not call us uh, to begin to uh, uh, have dominance uh, over others, even outside of the church. Um, we are to love them. We are to be compassionate. We are to be caring and understanding uh, in those differences. Um, a good example uh, is uh, of, this, of this attitude that kind of gets in our head of, of we just always have to be one up on it. And we know that because, you know, have you ever said something to someone and um, uh, many times it's, oh, I did this. And their response is, oh, really? Well, I did this. And even though they're not trying to put you down, it's just, a, it's just an automatic thing without thinking that, oh, I did this. Because we, when we hear something, we always want to uh, uh, top it or be a part of that. And, and, well, if you did this, let me show you what I did. Um, uh, and so this is something that gets into us without us even realizing we're doing it. And so hopefully maybe um, this will make us aware to be more uh, aware of what we are saying uh, and talking and how we are presenting ourselves to other people. Because I'm telling you, if we are to be the representations of Christ, we are to put people at ease. We are to be accepting. We are to make them see something uh, uh, that they would want in us. Uh, we are not here uh, to be one up on them, uh, to make them realize that we are superior to them. Even if they're not Christians, we are not superior to them. And it is not our goal uh, to begin to show them how much better we are because we have Jesus. And so we need to be aware, are we doing that without even knowing it? Uh, one example is uh, we have seen this kind of morph uh, over the years. Uh, you know, back in the day, uh, we'd have those bumper stickers that would have the little fish and we've all seen it, and many people still have them today, uh, as a representation of, of being a Christian. And it would just have the, uh, just the, the very simple outline, fish outline, representing uh, uh, Christ. Well, after a while, we know um, that there were those that uh, uh, were opposed to that, that came out with their own bumper sticker, and it was the little fish, but now it had little legs on it, and many times it would say Darwin on the inside, uh, as if, in other words, they're saying uh, the truth is not the fish, but it's, it's uh, we, the evolution that we are not from a God, but we are from uh, the natural uh, occurrence of just natural uh, uh, evolution. Um, and, and so uh, it was kind of a one-up, you know, we're going to uh, uh, show these Christians well, then, after a while, you now saw one where there was the little fish with the little legs that had Darwin, but now there was a bigger fish with his mouth open, just the simple Christ fish again, as he was about to eat the Darwin fish. Again, it's like this, we're going to be one up, that we're going to take that to the next step, and it just keeps going and going. And this is what Paul says, I do not engage in that. Paul says, my response is not to one up on others but it is to rejoice in Christ. You see, he is not saying 
that I don't care what they're saying because we know that Paul preached against false teachings. And Paul expects us uh, to reflect the truth and to uh, share the truth and warn people from false teachings. But warning from false teachings is different from entering into a, a rivalry with the false teachers. Um, we do not have to enter into that because we have the truth. And this is what Jesus said, the truth will set them free. We need to trust the Spirit of God that if we just reflect the truth and when we just love the sinners, the Holy Spirit will do the work in them. So instead of uh, reacting in rivalry and defending our truth and having to win the battle uh, of being right, we need to let the rivalries go. And that's hard, I know, because we know that what they're saying seems so wrong to us. And, you know, when we see them preaching and asking for money, that just goes against everything we see. But here's the thing. God will take care of it. And this is where we have to trust God and say, like Paul, what does it matter? Because the name of Jesus is being preached. Even when it's being preached wrongly, Paul says, I do not mind because I know that the Holy Spirit will take the name of Jesus even when it is given in the wrong pretext, even when it is given out of false motives. This is what Paul says. He said, I will rejoice because the name of Jesus is being proclaimed. And here's why he can rejoice, because he knows that, that the Philippians were proclaiming the truth. Other people were proclaiming the truth. So he says, I'm not going to worry about all the people that are, are doing what's wrong. I'm just going to focus on the people that are doing what's right. And that's my job. Um, my job is not to be a crusader, to go out and attack every person that does it different from me. And, and that has the wrong motive, because there are several. And, and this is hard, I, I know. And especially in today's world, you know, when I open up Facebook, I just have to bite my lip not to comment on these things because all you do is ju it just be you never win the, that argument all it does is create strife to where you're never going to get them on your side because now all they do is see you as an enemy Paul says I am not going to present myself as an enemy to them I am going to love them and just continue to present the truth and I will let the truth itself convict them we need if we're going to have the joy of the Lord here's what we need we need to just simply trust God and just stop fighting the battles that the Holy Spirit can fight. Do we need to speak the truth? Yes. Present the truth, but in a loving, gentle way, not in a rivalry way, not in a one-up way. And then just let, sometimes you got to just let it go. Let's begin to lower the noise and begin to love. And I'm going to tell you, here's, the, here's what we always think. Well, if I do that, they're going to think that they want you know what? You need to stop worrying about that. Even if they do think they're one, let that happen because the Holy Spirit will work in the long run. As long as we have spoken the truth and as long as we are reflecting the truth through our life, because the truth is love. The truth is not a certain doctrine. Now, we have to also be careful with other churches. We get like that with other churches. You know, uh, well, they don't quite see baptism the way we see baptisms. They don't see uh, communion the same way, same way we see communion. They don't uh, see the Holy Spirit in the same way the we see the Holy Spirit. You know what? We need to let 
God settle that and begin to just love one another in the body of Christ? Because here's the one thing. Do we believe that Jesus died for our sins and he brings us in? That is the only thing that matters, that Jesus's name is being proclaimed. Maybe they don't sing the songs we sing. Oh man, I've seen churches, they get so caught up in the rivalry of, of, of what type of music are we going to have. That does not bring joy. And it doesn't bring joy to God's heart either. The, bring, the joy comes when we say, I understand you have your way and I have my way, but we're going to, together, we're going to rejoice in the name of Jesus. Because all I care about is that Jesus is proclaimed. We need to get down to the basics and let all these side issues go. Um, you know what? Uh, whether we are uh, uh, those that um, uh, follow uh, once saved, always saved, or if we're the ones that, that follow the Arminian, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Because here's the thing that we all agree on that Jesus is our Redeemer, and that we need to repent and believe on Jesus, that the person who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And you see, we need to begin uh, to understand uh, that we don't have to be right. Um, so not only do we need to let rivalries go, um, and I think when we begin to let rivalries go and stop engaging every time there's a difference, that stirs up in your heart. You know what? If they're different from you and it stirs up in your heart, um, we've got to just say a prayer. God, give me the strength to let that go. And instead of engaging that, let, let me just speak of Christ. Well, isn't God good? And, and, and just focus on proclaiming Christ and living the truth of love and joy and, and, and the peace that comes from Christ. Jesus said it this way. Blessed are the peacemakers. He never said, blessed are those that defend the faith and win the argument. You know what he said? Blessed are the peacemakers. Sometimes when you make peace, you don't win the battle. And, and maybe uh, uh, you walk away and they do think that, that they won in the right. But you know what? The Holy Spirit has planted seeds. If you have spoken the truth, you have the ability to influence their life through your love, not through your rhetoric, not through your argument, but through your love. And sooner or later, you will have an opportunity to influence in a way that will honor Christ. So we need to let the rivalries go. Um, right now, it's a big thing. You know, well, are we going to open up church? I'm going to go against what the government says, and we're going to do this. Or maybe we're the other churches that, no, we're going to honor the government. You know, there's two sides, and yet we're fighting each other over this. Here's what I say. I mean, I have my view on that, but here's the main thing that I care about, that Christ is being proclaimed. Let's not fight that battle. I'm not going to engage in that battle. I am going to simply say, may Christ be proclaimed. And I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to work through these things, because we are always going to have these differences. But here's the second part that I want to say, um, and that Paul, we see in his teaching, the reason why he could say it doesn't matter is because of this other principle. Not only is it because we, we are not rivals, but it's because he realized that we are all 
um, limited in the revelation that God has given us. Um, we all uh, respond in slightly different ways. In fact, he, he's, he condemned the Corinthians who had become uh, people that, that were arguing over, well, I'm a follower of Paul, and I'm a follower of uh, Peter, and I'm a follower of Apollos. And then others were saying, well, well, I'm not a follower of any of them. I've just followed Jesus. He says, all of you, you're wrong. You need to stop that because none of you um, uh, have it right. It's not about being right. It's not, now it's, it's, he's not saying that's fine. You can be a follower of Paul and a disciple of Peter, but you need to understand that that, that does not make the other people wrong. He says this in a, in a great scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we all know this as the, uh, uh, the love uh, chapter, uh, but he says at the end of the chapter, after talking about what love means and what does it look like to love one another, this is what he says. For now, we all see in a mirror dimly. Can we accept that? You need to accept that. You don't have it all. As convinced as you are that this is how it works, you need to understand that right now we all see through a glass dimly. I mean, we do see, and God has revealed himself in his word, and we can stand upon that, that word. There are definite things that we know that are not right. We do see through the glass, but we need to understand that it is dimly, that it's not exact lines. It's close, and we can stand with confidence upon the word of God, and we need to. But before we start saying my way, and that's the only way, outside of what the Bible says, we need to realize that we, we all see through this glass dimly. But now one day it goes on and says, but then there's coming a day when we will see face to face. Here again, he says, now I only know in part. Now this is Paul saying, I only know in part. But then... I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So in the midst of this, this humbling, that Paul humbles himself and says, I realize that I don't know it all. So how am I going to get into these arguments um, and rivalries and get myself all worked up over these little things when, when I don't even know in full and Man, Paul had more revelation than almost any of us. I mean, he saw Jesus face to face. He closes with this verse. He says, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. This is what I stand on, he says. I don't know everything, but here's what I'm going to stand on. I'm going to stand on faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So Paul says, in the midst of a world where there are so many different fights over different thoughts and opinions, you know what Paul says? He says, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get caught up in that. Here's what I'm going to focus on, that Jesus Christ is being proclaimed, that I'm proclaiming Christ. I'm not going to get into a fight and argument. I'm just going to proclaim Christ. And I'll let those other things fall where they need to fall. I trust that God will do it.
but I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'm just going to rejoice in Christ. And I'm also going to rejoice because I know other people are proclaiming Christ. Even some of them that are just trying to make money or some are trying to just make power. But you know what? Christ is still being spoken of. There are even uh, people that are false that are out there. But I still rejoice because there are others that are proclaiming the truth against that. And the truth will, will reflect itself. You see, we only defend God through just shining the truth. We don't defend God by fighting every uh, battle and winning an argument, but we win the battle by love. Paul said the greatest of these is love. Just begin to love your enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. See, he never fought with the Romans uh, over uh, theirs. He, he, he just said, if we love, love will overcome evil. He said, don't respond to evil with anything but love. You don't even have to argue against it. You don't have to get all up in arms against everything that's wrong in this world. This world is wrong. Have you not figured that out yet? So why are you so worried about it? Let's just live the love of God in our heart. Maybe we need more of the love of God in our heart. But the greatest of these is love. And when we begin to love, then we can say, I rejoice. Yeah, I know all that's going on, but it doesn't matter. Paul says, what then? What does it matter? I'm going to get myself all worked over that when I'm just going to rejoice that the name of Jesus is being proclaimed by me and by others. And the Holy Spirit is more powerful than me. He will take what's being proclaimed and he will convict of sin and of error. And if we do things a little bit different, that's okay. The name of the Lord is being proclaimed. You dunk and we spray, it doesn't matter. A life is being transformed by Jesus. We need to begin to enter into this same thought that Paul says. Let's put aside rivalries. And let's begin to realize that we don't know it all. And when we do that, we can say, what does it matter? I am filled with joy. Are you lacking in some joy? When every time you turn on your Facebook, do you just leave feeling more upset than before? I know how you feel. Here's what we need to do. First thing, you've got to stop holding things against others. You know what? Forgive them right now for their wrong actions. Don't try and change them. Just forgive them. Forgive others for not knowing it all. Forgive them. That means don't get so worried about it. Turn it over to the Holy Spirit and pray for them and love them. Forgive those that are wrong. That means the telemarketers, the televangelists, uh, uh, all, all of uh, these that... Uh, uh, Speak wrongly against Christ. Just forgive them. If Jesus can forgive those that crucified him, we can stop arguing with them and just forgive them. Second thing is, we've got to humble ourselves, forgive ourselves. 
We need to repent. We need to realize I don't know it all. You know what? I was raised in a certain way, and I do believe that this is right. And 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 uh, uh, in our case, I'll, I'll say this: I, I believe in speaking in tongues, and I believe the Holy Spirit is active today, and and I've experienced it, and I'm glad of that. But you know what? I, I'm not going to sit here and be superior to others that that don't believe in speaking in tongues because I am not the judge of it all. So so I humble myself and say, God, don't let me become superior. Don't let me think that I know it all. God works in so many different ways. And, and, And there are great things about other churches, there are more conservative churches, older churches, that you know what? Um, there are some people that may get saved in, in that church, which is very conservative and, 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 and does not um, worship with the exuberance that we do or, or believe in, in the uh, powerful works of the Holy Spirit. And yet, if that gets someone saved in that environment because it touches their heart, then I rejoice in that. And so we need to begin to humble ourselves and realize that we're not the only place that someone's going to get saved. And so we stand humbly before God, saying, God, I only see dimly. So let me not reflect myself to others as if I am the one. That's why I, I, I don't ever want to respond on Facebook sometimes because I don't want to come across as if I know it, even though I feel strongly on certain things, but yet... I I need to realize that I'm just as limited as anyone else. So we need to let our pride come down. The last thing is that we need to begin to commit to sharing Christ ourselves. You see, if we're going to rejoice that Christ is being proclaimed then we need to simply say, I am going to commit myself that I am just going to be a reflection of Christ. Not only in what I say, but how I act. So I am going to reflect these things that do matter. It doesn't matter if you're part of my group of thinking, so I'm not going to worry about rivalries. It doesn't matter if I know everything that's right because I only see through a glass dimly, and I'm going to accept that. But here's what I am going to do. I'm going to stand upon faith, hope, and love. I'm going to put my faith in Christ. I'm going to put my hope that he is going to work it all out. And then I'm just going to love others. You see, it's through our love that we proclaim Christ. When we begin to love others through compassion, when we love others through kindness, when we love others through forgiveness, when we love others that are definitely unbelievers, but yet they see our acceptance of them, God is able to break down those walls because love covers a multitude of sin. When I love, I trust Jesus to do the job, not me. But I need to commit myself to be the love of Christ. And that means not only in what I do, but I do need to share. I need to proclaim Christ. I need to let people know that it is Christ is the reason why I'm not going to argue with them. And I'm not going to fight with them because, you know what, and I don't even say that in an ugly way. Not, well, I'm not going to fight with you. Sometimes we make that into a a superior, you know, uh, statement where they just feel put down. 
No, I'm talking about saying, man, I love you and, and we might disagree, but man, let's not fight. I, I, Christ is so much better. See, that's the attitude we need to begin to proclaim Christ. And when we do that, I'm telling you, we can be like Paul who said, what then? What does it matter? Is it going to eat me up while I'm sitting in jail because I can't do anything about this? He says, no, I'm going to rejoice that Jesus is being proclaimed. In other words, I'm going to sit here in my cell and be filled with the joy of the Lord because God's at work. Because no matter what, you've got to trust that God's at work. There's nothing happening outside of God's will. So you don't have to worry about those people that are, that are preaching falsely. God will take care of it. He knows what's happening. He has a plan. So let's begin to walk in the joy of the Lord no matter what is being said. And let's proclaim the name of Jesus because it's in the name of Jesus that people are set free, that there is hope, that there is life, that there is something after what we are experiencing now. Let's pray together.